everybody. Welcome to The Buzz, your entertainment podcast, talking TV, movies, music, pop culture, anything exciting in entertainment. Scott Tady and Megan Miller here. What do you want to talk about? Where do we begin? Um, I'm going to begin, let's with Beyonce. Good choice, right? Obviously, yes. Yes, she will be taking over Heinz Field on Tuesday. Cannot wait. Her first time headlining a show in Pittsburgh. She yes. Did, she did some Destiny's Child shows back in the day, but she's never performed here as the, as the solo headlining act. So, yeah, I'm really excited about that. Yeah, I think a lot of people are excited for it. And in your preview story, which is up on our website now, about everything you need to know ahead of time when gates open, all of that stuff, what you can take in and tailgates and all that fun stuff, um, you had mentioned that the last time Destiny's Child was here was, what, 2005? Correct. So it's been 11 years since we've had a Beyonce sighting in Western Pennsylvania. <laughs> so I think it'll be a, a be, be a good show. I saw her 2000, the year 2000 show with Destiny's Child. They actually opened for Christina Aguilera when she was hot. <laughs> and I, I, I was kind of kind when I said she sort of stole the spotlight in my article. Truth is, Beyonce stole that yeah. show. She, when she came out, I mean, she was, I don't even know, what, like 19 maybe at the time. I'll have to look that up. But uh, you, you just knew right then she had that, that wow factor, that, that, that charisma, that star power. So... It never surprised me at any point that she would become as huge as she is right now. Yeah, so what, now you took a look at um, some of the reviews and set lists. I didn't read any reviews, I read yeah. the headlines. I don't want any reviewers corrupting my mind before yeah. I, well, I shouldn't say corrupting, but uh, in- influencing No, you. that's fair. <laughs> Just to... I did look at the set list though. And? Uh, most of the big hits, a couple surprise covers, a couple of Destiny's Child songs. Surprised by the song she's not doing though. Yeah, okay. Little finger song, right? That's the right finger. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Single ladies. She, uh, what I, at least this couple set lists I looked at, she's not doing that. You know, I think I'm okay with that. I I, wedding receptions ruined that song for me. Like, it's just, it was good when it came out, and then every spoof, and, you know, I think Andy Samberg and Justin Timberlake, they had the best spoof, but they uh. did like an, um, I don't know if she hosted SNL, but they did a skit to that, and that was funny, but then, okay, I'm done now. Yeah, it was one of those songs that was cute the first four times, and. and became this anthem and women would stampede to the front when the DJ played it and it got kind of scary for me so I'm, yeah I'm, uh, I'm, I'm okay with that not being included in the set list on Tuesday right. judging by the headlines the, the reviews are really good and they're saying she's very unapologetic she's coming out and she's being fierce just like on the Lemonade album and uh, you know just like her Super Bowl halftime show so it's not a meek and mild Beyonce she's She's being very bold, and uh, it's, it's going to be one of the most intriguing shows of the summer. Yeah, it's a good kickoff to, you know, Memorial Day. It's Monday. That's Tuesday. And then... The next night? Yes. Another big one. Sold out show. 21 Pilots. That show has been sold out since November. That's how excited people are to see 21 Pilots. Of course, uh, they, they have uh, stressed out. is a huge phenomenon. It's a hit right now. And uh, I saw them years ago open for Neon Trees, and I, I could tell then they were going to be special. And... Uh, they're hard, hard band to pinpoint the, the style of music. It's a little bit of hip-hop, it's a little bit of pop, a little electronica, a little rock. Uh, where do you stand on 21 Pilots? That's a good question. It's kind of, they're kind of hard to pinpoint. Yeah. So, I mean, if you don't have your tickets, you know, of course, it did sell out months ago. They'll be back, what, at Console Energy Center yes. in January? Good point. <laughs> so, if, I mean, I imagine, I'm curious what that would be like because it's an outdoor, right? Correct. On Friday. Uh, Sorry, on Wednesday. So I'm curious to see like how they would do an outdoor, you know, stage where it's like a standard thing to wear like an arena where they can they have so many more options with, you know. Because in photos they wear a lot of crazy costumes and then different, you know, styling things. So you think outdoor they're gonna they're gonna bring something pretty interesting. Yeah. Just two guys, but we'll we'll see what they got. And then on Friday we have dueling 
shows. You're one that you're. I know you've been looking forward to for a long time. I'm on record saying the show I'm most excited to see, at least in the early summer, is Leon Bridges. That also is sold out at Stage AE. He's the guy. He's like 26 years old, but he sounds like Sam Cooke. He just has this early 60s kind of smooth voice and R&B, good guitarist too. But uh, it's just a throwback kind of thing, and it's so cool to see someone that young singing these songs like it's early 60s soul. I'm really excited about that. But you're going to be somewhere else that night. Yes, I'll be taking it easy. At, I'll be like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, need the drum roll there. At um, Jackson Brown, he'll be in the cultural district. I mean. I'm imagining it's going to be quite a show. Get to see him. I almost guarantee he'll be doing Take It Easy, hopefully. Well, he wrote it, co-wrote it, so he better be doing yes, it. Yes, I've fry and, yeah. waited a very long time to hear that live and it not be a cover. So <laughs> Yeah, every, every country show you review, I think, uh, I read. They, yeah, they and it's so. cool. I can never get enough of that song. I mean, it's a great song, but to actually hear the person who co-wrote it, that'll be something exciting to hear. And Jackson Brown, so many other hits, Doctor My Eyes, and On the Boulevard, and, uh, you know, The Pretender. So uh, I, I, you made a good pick. That's a good show to see that night. And, yeah. Uh, but what do you do if you don't go to the sold-out Leon Bridges? You can't get a ticket for Jackson Brown. There's also another option. The Pittsburgh Arts Festival starts. Free Rivers Arts Festival opens on Friday, runs until June 12th, and I'll probably stop over at the Artist Market before or after Jackson Brown, because how can you not? I, it's been a long time since I've been to the opening night of the Arts Fest. And ten days of free music and, and ten nights, and uh, the opening act is Michael Franti and Spearhead, uh, another one of those bands. Where do you categorize them? They're, they're very upbeat, very positive. It's a little bit hip-hop, a little bit reggae, a little bit folk, a little bit rock. Uh, it's going to be a high-energy show. I think that was a smart pick to start the Arts Festival. I agree. They have um, a bunch of different, you know, genres and that sort of thing. They have, what, a Bluegrass Day. The symphony will be David there Grisman, one day. Yeah. Beth Orton, and she's they call her, like, Folktronica. She's folk music and electronica. Oh, so I like that label. She, yeah, she had a couple uh, alt-rock hits back in the day. I'm, so I'm looking forward to that one. Uh, Lake Street Dive, a lot of people predicting big things for them. They, they drew, like, 10,000 people to Hartwood uh, a summer or two ago. Uh you know, two females in the band, uh, male, female, and it's, it's kind of an upbeat, uh, you know, again, how do you, is it rock, is it pop, is it a bit of a, it's just a total mix, so uh, it's not a, a lineup that's got huge major acts, uh, you know, groundbreaking names, but uh, there, there's some good talent there, so uh, I'm, I'm sure I'll probably see you at several shows. Yes, I'm looking forward to it, and I always like going through the artist market as well, and I know the food stands are usually lined up, and, you know, there are a bunch of lines to get to those, and it's, I mean, it's a good... It's a solid quality, you know, free entertainment in downtown Pittsburgh. It's beautiful, you know, you have the fountain. It's usually rain the first day, but I mean, you'll get some good weather, hopefully, and it's if a you good- walk, If you walk up the street a bit, there's some indoor galleries as well, some really cool things, usually on Liberty Avenue, they have some, oh, yeah. some provocative art and interesting art, so uh, I, I think people tend to congregate down on the point where the music and the artist market is, but you know, you, you walk a few blocks and you see some more. Yeah, it sounds like it's stuff. spread out a little more than I think people realize. So that's definitely something to check out. And another- That's just the tip of the iceberg though for art, right? Yes, you have, I'm so envious that you got to write the story because <laughs> it turned out really well and it is also on our website right now. Tell us about Ai Weiwei. First of all, it's a fun name to say. I, yes, I, it's very relaxing I, to I say, too, all together now. He is the leading artist in China right now, and, and many would argue he's one of the most important artists in the world at the moment. He's very outspoken about the Chinese government, which uh, has got him uh, under surveillance. They, they have had surveillance cameras on him. They, they uh, detained him at the airport uh, when he was trying to fly to Hong Kong. This was years ago. Uh, he didn't get his passport back to like five years later. He'll be coming to America for the first time since 2011 this week, 
to be at the Andy Warhol Museum on Pittsburgh's North Side, where they're having an exhibit uh, comparing Wei Weiwei with Andy Warhol and how different uh, countries, of course, different uh, centuries, but some of the very similar influences and how they comment on pop culture. And uh, it's, it's going to be a, a exhibit that's going to get global attention. It's right here on Pittsburgh's North Side. And it's an odd comparison because at first I wouldn't necessarily put them in the same category but then I was looking up art for of Ai Weiwei to kind of go with um, the story and there is some overlap a little bit at least there, there's some similarities if nothing else. Uh, in my interview uh, one of the curators at the Warhol made the comparison how they were two people or, or, you know, two people who chronicle their, their everyday life and turn and find the art in it how like Warhol always had a camera around his neck in, in his later years always taking shots this Ai Weiwei does the very similar thing and he's pretty uh, active social media wise as well for a, for a world famous artist so uh, he's going to be giving a speak on a, a, a lecture on Thursday actually at the Carnegie Museum of Art where one of his uh, gigantic pieces is going to be displayed uh, of course the, the Carnegie and the Warhol are, are related so it's, it's a very big thing for Pittsburgh so uh, if, if you're not hip to this guy yet check out Ai Weiwei and uh, you know I, I'm really happy and can we talk about those sculpture heads for a second at the, what is it, the Hall of Ar Architecture at the Carnegie Museum of Art? Which in itself, you walk in that Hall of Architecture, you're just kind it's of stunned. just a beautiful room. They and do all these replicas of like, like Notre Dame and, and all these famous places in the world that they've painstakingly recreated. But yeah, this the, the Ai Weiwei piece they have there, uh, it's based on something, a, a historic Chinese piece that, that was destroyed when, when the British invaded in like 1860. But... There, it's the Chinese zodiac. So there are like twelve of these huge uh, pieces. The, the lightest one weighs twelve hundred pounds. Some lightest. of them weigh yeah. Some of them weigh two thousand pounds per per piece. So it's it's this, this massive uh, uh, work of art that we have some photographs on in TimesOnline.com actually. So uh, yeah. So go check them out. The Warhol. Take a little ride up to the Oakland too to check out in the Carnegie Museum of, of Art and this Ai Weiwei exhibit there as well. Yeah, it or, sounds very comprehensive. Like I like how they work together and you know, kind of have, you know, two different museums and have two different pieces or two different exhibits, but it all kind of meshes together. Look at Pittsburgh getting all hip in the art world. All artsy. Yeah. So now looking ahead, um, you, <laughs> a couple weeks ago, you actually got to speak to BJ Thomas. Yeah. <laughs> Rain, <laughs> nice, like that segue. Raindrops, keep falling on my, yeah. Uh, of course, he had some, some great songs in the 70s, uh, Hooked on a Feeling and uh, you know, he is coming to the Meadows Casino, but he's going to be the very first act to perform at the Meadows' new indoor facility. You, you may have seen shows there at the outdoor. You're, you're literally on the track watching the shows. They, they have a new indoor place. Uh, it's more intimate, and he's the very first one. And I got a chance to do a phone interview with him, and he talked about that. And a very interesting guy. And let's check out what he had to say. This is a, a casino show. Do you, do you play a lot of casinos? And, and are there differences you notice in crowds, whether you're playing a club, a theater, a, a festival? Yes, I do. I do uh, quite a few casinos. We're headed to the Golden Nugget uh, in Vegas in, in July, and we're going to be up in Atlantic City and uh, with the Golden Nugget. And I do that whole Golden Nugget chain. They have a they have one down on the you know in Biloxi and up in Louisiana. Uh, yeah, I do. I do a lot of them, and you know I find that the audiences are, are mostly the same. You know, they they come. Uh, Especially, I guess my audience—they come to they, they know my music, or I don't know exactly the reasons, but I know they come to hear me and hear me do the the songs that they've heard through the years. So they, I find the audiences to be uh, to be kind of kind of the same, you know. That my audience is getting a little older, but I always have a, a, 
a pretty high percentage of young people in the, in the audience, too. For fans, uh, you know, describe the show itself that you'll be doing at the Meadows. What can they expect? And, you know, what would you want to say to people who are coming out to the show here in, in Pittsburgh? Well, you know, we're, we're excited about coming to Pittsburgh. And, of course, uh, as you mentioned, uh, we're going to be the first uh, national act uh, in, the, in the venue. And, and we, we're honored uh, for that to be so and, and can't, can't wait to get there. We have a lot, a lot of fans up in that area, so we can't wait to get there. And, you know, people come to see me. They've heard my records down through the years. And so we, I, the majority of my show is uh, me doing the hit records that they've heard and that they, that they want to, uh, that they come to hear. Um, you know, we'll do, sometimes we'll do various other, other songs for fun and, uh, and and I and I, I try to I, I don't you know I try not to talk too much when I'm on stage, but uh, uh, I do I will give some background to to my music and tell some of the backstories, uh, if you will, and uh, certain people I've I've toured with and uh, and some some of the history behind some of the songs and how I felt about it and um, how they how they came about. So I, I think anyone who's a Coming to see me as a as a fan uh, of mine will be uh, will be satisfied with the show because we, we do virtually every hit record that, that I've ever had and uh, and then some. So uh, we're looking forward to doing that. And we are back on the buzz. Megan Miller and Scott Tady here, ready to talk some TV. Those of you watching the, the video component of this on TimesOnline.com, yes, I'm wearing my Penguins jersey. I, I guess I should explain that for the people who aren't watching on TimesOnline.com. I have the reputation of being more high maintenance, but I don't have any costume changes in this <laughs> podcast. So there's that. Stanley Cup finals start tonight. Gotta have to. Yes, so. yes, you do. Well, that's hockey. You can also talk football if you want. Yeah, I don't I both skilled in both equally, <laughs> so let's let's go. The Beaver County Set TV show, Friday Night Tykes. We've talked about it before. The the first season just wrapped up uh, a couple weeks ago. And uh I did a follow-up. I wanted to talk to the coaches from, from Blackhawk and Central Valley and Aliquippa Manaka and see what they thought. How are, This was documentary. This is a bit of reality TV. What was their reaction? Did they think they were portrayed fairly? Did they want a season two? I also interviewed the uh, producer of the show himself. Any day now, they're going to find out if the show has been renewed. Everyone wants it to be. They want to have a season two of Friday Night Tykes, Steel Country, in, in Beaver County. Interestingly, the coaches, they all said that they liked it. They, they thought it portrayed them pretty well. They, they admitted there were some, some rough things you saw, some, some parents yelling at some coaches and screaming at kids, but they were very proud of, of how they also showed the discipline and the hard work that goes behind this. In, in the case of the Blackhawk coach, what a tight-knit group that they were, how the, the night before a big game, the kids were all at his house, and then they were getting their hair cut the same. They were getting uh-huh. Mohawks. And, so uh, I, I was wondering, because it's, controver- it's based on a very controversial show, the one that was shot in Texas. It's called Friday Night Tykes, and people were outraged and saying it's, it's you know, one of the worst things on TV. The Beaver County version didn't get that kind of reaction, didn't get that response. Uh, people said it was very honest and very bold, but uh, it seems like uh, the Western Pennsylvania kind of came off. Uh, we are more close-knit, and this, people are playing for their community, not just for themselves. Yeah, and I mean, I haven't heard too much about other viewers, like, or people kind of... That's what I'm wondering. How, is there a buzz? I don't hear people talking about it. You go online, you don't see a lot of, uh, you know, chats uh, complaining or, or 
you know, championing this show. So I don't, I don't know if people in America were watching it. No, I haven't. Ca- I've only caught up on the first three episodes, and I liked it. I mean, I thought it was. I didn't. I really didn't think I was going to because it's like, oh, football reality <laughs> show. Like, meh, I don't know. I liked Friday Night Lights, the TV drama uh, starring, of course, there. Connie Britton. Which, let's be honest, it's one of the reasons I watched. But I mean, I didn't really know how it was going to go, but they had a lot of good components. I mean, there were some, you know, eye-rolling moments where the only way out of Beaver County is, you know, to play football. It's like, well, I'm pretty sure that's not the only (laughs) way, but okay. Um, But yeah, I mean, it was a good, good hour on a Tuesday night. So we'll announce the news, good or bad. Uh, probably they said mid-June is what the producer told me, whether or not uh, Esquire Network has picked it up for season two. But I can tell you this, the, the coaches who were portrayed uh, very honestly, they're, they're hoping it comes back. And that's great that they, you know, kind of don't want to, okay, we don't want anything to do with this now that we saw it. So that's kind of a testament that maybe it, you know, was a good portrayal. In the case of the Blackhawk coach, he said they asked the players first, well, what do you guys want? Do you want this to come back? And, and they said yes. And uh, so that, I think that's very important. They're not just, the coaches aren't just doing it for their own glory and, you know, pad their own resumes. It seems like the kids, and, and uh, again, in the case of Blackhawk, uh, the coach said that their enrollment is up this year, and the new season's right around the corner from starting again. He said that there's a huge number of more people have signed up they want to play. So. Oh, that's good that they asked the kids, because yeah. I didn't even think of that. I just figured it would yeah. be a bunch of adults making the decision, and that's cool that the kids are interested. So, we'll now, see. yeah, now another TV show that might get a second life, might not. <laughs> there's a lot of rumors going on. Nashville, the for now, series finale of the uh, hit ABC country music drama aired on Wednesday night. Which we watch religiously. I yes, know. I've never missed an episode. I loved it. I'm not quite ready for it to be done. I mean, it did fall a little in quality and music and all of that, as a lot of shows, especially on you know networks, do after the first couple seasons. But it was still watchable. It was still enjoyable. and It was something to do on a Wednesday night at 10 o'clock. I yeah, it was a good... It was, it was a good time. Um, they, It's interesting because they had said they kind of canceled it out of nowhere. I think a lot of people, including the cast, was kind of surprised by it. Well, you can attest to that personally. Yeah, I got to talk to Jonathan Jackson, I think, eight days before they made the announcement. I was so angry because he you know, talked about where he wanted his character to go in season five and Avery Barkley. And I don't know, but the funny thing is... You know, after the show aired on Wednesday night, you know, a little after 11, uh, Lionsgate TV, which is the production company of Nashville, they tweeted a very cryptic, you know, message like, oh, well, there's, you know, that there's more story to tell. So it was kind of alluding that there might be might be more to the story. I mean, they ended on a awful cliffhanger, which <laughs> I think everybody saw coming a mile away. Well, you know, like a, a possible plane wreck? Is that what it may or may not have been? Well, there were three characters on two different planes, so halfway through, I'm like, well, I know there's <laughs> going to be this uh, cliffhanger. Some One plane is going down. I just didn't know, you know, which one. And the, I ran a story, actually, in Friday's paper saying that it might not be the end for Nashville, and they filmed two endings um, mm. because they thought, the I guess producers thought that, oh, maybe it might be the end so they filmed two endings one that tied everything up neatly and then the one that we saw so they were kind of speculating that they were confident they were going to get renewed elsewhere and that's why we didn't get everything tied up in a nice little bow what about this the the missing plane what if it ends up on the island where lost was filmed Uh, another abc show and they can bring them both back Although that would be a way to get Matthew Fox back on primetime, so right. which I could be all for. <laughs> so, yeah, so I guess it's stay tuned for that one. But it sounds like, I mean, everybody seems to be pretty confident that it's not the end. So Netflix to the rescue, maybe. Yeah, I'm, that's what I'm hoping for. I've heard Hulu 
its name thrown in the mix. I don't know if Hulu actually threw its name or it was somebody else speculating, but... Amazon, is, there's so many networks and TV stations and channels now that the, somebody has to come to the rescue. Yeah, because, I mean, it was a solid... I mean, I know the ratings fell a little bit, but, I mean, it was a solid cast. It was great music. I mean, they had great producers and stuff behind it, so... Let's see, if I'm CMT and all I do is country music, why don't they pick it up? That kind of sounds like a great, you know, so... But, okay, are you ready for this week's Love It or Loathe It? Yeah, I am. Go on, speaking, go, you're going on the music. I've, I've been loathing a lot lately, so it's Memorial Day weekend or right out of that. So I, I, I want to be upbeat, and, and I'm loving the fact that my boys, the Brighton boys, are coming out with their very first full-length CD. This is the Beaver County band I've been writing about, talking about. It's been so fun to watch them on the rise. Young guys, early 20s. I, I only got the chance to listen to the album full-time once, and I really like it. Just poppy, peppy. It's got some uh, uh, pop punk kind of elements to it, but it also goes a little bit throwback. There, there's some uh, sort of 60s, 70s influences. Of course, the lead singer's grandfather was in the Jaggers, oh, chart-topping Beaver County band. But they're always fun to see live. So June 4th, they're doing their CD release show at Kelly's Irish Pub in Bridgewater. Uh, the Brighton Boys is a fun, engaging band. Their first album, I, I think it's going to go places. Root Sports has been showing them during Pirate Telecasts on Fridays. So uh, I'm really happy about this. Well, I am going to follow the love and have a love this week. The Beauty and the Beast trailer was announced uh, last week, and I am so excited. I mean, I guess we shouldn't call it a trailer. We should call it a teaser because they didn't actually show anything, you know, of the plot or anything. But it looks so beautiful. Emma Watson, of course, stars as Belle, and I cannot wait. They announced, I don't know if they had previously announced the date, but we now know it's March 17th, 2017. Well, that, that was quite a tease. Of like 60 billion people watched. I mean, what was the number? It set a record, right? Um, they had said it was the most viewed for that kind of clip of all time with 91.8 million hits <laughs> in its first 24 hours, according to the Hollywood Reporter. Only about 60 or 70 of those were you. I would say five were me. Right. So you, maybe six. But You are the biggest fan of Beauty and the Beast tonight. Yes. Yeah, so I am very excited for that. So I can't wait to see other ones that they leak because I'm curious how I mean it was an original cartoon and then the stage show but how they're gonna do like the beast and like the prince like I'm just curious how that's gonna all come together on the big screen is Robbie Benson the original who am I thinking of in the cartoon yeah oh I don't know oh I'll have to google that yeah I, IMDB where are you I'm not familiar <laughs> with who it was but yeah and I also think Emma Watson fabulous choice oh, for yeah. Belle she, she can do no wrong I wanted Anna Kendrick that oh. was usually who my oh. first choice was, but I'm I'm very happy with Emma Watson. I think she's a phenomenal. She'll be a phenomenal Belle. She will, but now you got me thinking Anna Kendrick. Yeah, I like her in everything. Yeah, because she has a really good like she's a Disney voice too. Like she's a good performer. So I thought, and she looks like Belle, but huh, yeah. so now that I now that I've ruined Beauty and the Beast for you, no, but, I don't know. So well, um, guess that's it for this week. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, one thing I want to tease for next week: we have an interview with Chris Caraba. Yes. Dashboard confessional. And boy, does the guy give a good interview. Uh, you just ask him a question, sit back, and listen to his genius at work. And It was hands down one of the uh, best interviews. <laughs> Sorry. Pun alert, pun alert. <laughs> so, yeah, so definitely tune in next week for that. In the meantime, you can follow us online at timesonline.com slash entertainment. And you can watch or listen at timesonline.com slash podcasts or on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher Radio. Exactly. Yes, and you can also follow us on Twitter. I'm at Scott Tady. And I'm at Maggie E. Thanks for listening. Oh,